everybody. Welcome to Real Chills. Meg here. Alyssa and I were so excited to have this person as our guest. He is super talented. He is a co-host on the podcast Feel Feelings with Danny and Jord. He also has released a ska project called Say Who and the What Now. It's very fun to listen to. Def recommend checking it out. Please listen to George Bruderman. Listening to Real Chills with Meg Getz and Alyssa Truskowski. Hey, everybody, welcome to Real Chills. We are super pumped because we have our friend back for another episode. Our friend from the Wasted Robot Network from the show Feel Feelings, from Philly Comedy, George Bruderman. Oh, hello. That's right. It's me, George Bruderman from Feel Feelings. Dan, I know you edit this podcast. Roll the clip. Welcome to Feel Feelings. No clips. <laughs> no. Do it. We do, we do drops on this podcast too now. All the right. Well, thanks, <laughs> thanks for coming, George. We'll see you later. Right, it's great anyway. talking. It's great. <laughs> Exit clip, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is so fun because you've been on the podcast before. Shout out to the episode where we talked about how your town had a vampire problem. We have, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we needed exterminators or something like it's a vampire nuisance. (laughs) (laughs) It was weird. I mean, I I listened to that episode maybe at the beginning of quarantine again, just because I was like, I miss friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I was listening back to it. And uh, a, a person that I went to high school with for back in the day messaged me and was like, hey, so cool that you're doing this stuff. You forgot like half the other crazy shit that happened in this town, which is there's like a an area of the town called Mob's Grave that's supposed to be haunted by some crazy colonial widow there's we talked briefly about the serial killer that was active during that town in the 70s and 80s there's like a laundry list of stuff yeah it's just new england's weird new england specifically (laughs) connecticut in general but like it doesn't get the credit it's due i grabbed this just in case we need to revert back to it this is my weird new england book that i keep (laughs) underneath my copy of glenn and uh, uh what is it glenn and henry forever what I really like about that weird New England book is it's not like a ghost or a cryptid. It's just two whale tails. Just two whales. Just just two. And, and like, I mean, the animal, not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's crazy right. is that we have uh, we have this book. We have the weird New Jersey book. And then we have a bunch of like punk rock books that I've accumulated over the years that we keep in the living room. Just it's it's books that when people come over, they go, oh. Uh, (laughs) and one of them is the weird New Jersey book. And in the weird New Jersey book, we were like, I wonder if there's anything from the town that I live in now in North Jersey that, uh, has anything creepy in it. And we flipped through like the whole book one night, couldn't find anything. And then we turned it over and on the back cover, it talks about the graveyard that we live next to. And it's like the witch's grave of Carlstead, New Jersey. (laughs) That's so cool. Now everyone can find where you live. Dan, keep it. Keep it. I mean, it's 720. (laughs) Honestly, at this, 
at this point, I, anyone can come over. I'm just so alone. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was going to say, if you listen to the Feel Feelings podcast, I'm pretty sure you can find out anything you want about George. Yeah, yeah. Feel Feelings. Dan, roll the clip. Roll the clip, Dan. Oh. <laughs> My goal awesome. is to make it impossible for Dan to not edit out the parts that I'm yelling. <laughs> Dan zones out for a minute. He forgets which podcast he's actually editing. He just starts yeah. putting <laughs> Just the, the drum intro starts playing, and you're like, yep, take it over. But yeah, how are you guys? Yeah, we're good. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. Yeah. How are you, Meg? <laughs> I'm great. I was just nodding. I was like, I, if, Alyssa, if you could answer for me for everything for the rest of my life, I would be so sad. <laughs> I like that. I was like, yes, yeah, answer great. for me. <laughs> what was that old <laughs> SNL sketch where it was like Beyonce answers for Prince? Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Is. Yeah, it's the best. Anyway, Jeez. I'm good. I'm great. As good. Alyssa said, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I was referring to me and all of these reptiles you can see uh, in the video. <laughs> like, we're all good. I don't know about Meg, but everyone's happy over here. But we have a question we like to ask our guests that we've started asking since the last time we were here. Where do you fall on the spectrum? If you had to like say, as like a skeptic or a true believer, like how do you... How do you see yourself in that realm? Um, so I, that's a weird question uh, because I like to imagine, I like to live in the world where there's crazy shit. Like I like to live in the world where there's ghosts and cryptids and, and vampires and Bigfoot. Like I like to live in that world. My dad is a big person like that where, uh, I have not called him about it yet, but I'm pretty sure he's got some opinions about Skinwalker Ranch and the new Bigfoot Sasquatch documentary. Like, I'm <laughs> sure he's got mm. opinions. Meg has uh, opinions. Mm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what, what are some of your opinions? <laughs> I did not like it. Did you watch it yet? I have watched two episodes, two of the three episodes. Same. I turn it off after the second one. I okay. couldn't do Apparently it. the third one picks up. That's what our, our old they roommate They start talking about. about Sasquatch? Is that what you mean? No, no, they talk about the murder. Drug that. cartels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't care about that. I want to talk about Bigfoot. I'm sad. I don't you know, want to know someone was... Brutally murdered? The only true crime that belongs in here is the fact that we're talking about these cartels. Like, get this <laughs> out of here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I need to be in the right headspace for true crime. If you, That's like, fair. surprise me, like, it bums me out. Yeah. I mean, for, like, specifically Bigfoot or, like, anything... Not anything that's on coast to coast, but like a lot of shit my dad brings up about yeah. coast to coast. Yeah. I, I, it's like, it'd be cool to live in that world. I'm not completely sold, but yeah. ghosts for sure. Uh, um, demons, maybe. Uh, but then I would have to like rival with the whole like afterlife thing. And I'm not sure I'm sold on that. Cause like for mm -hmm. me, that's roped into it too. Like any sort of mm -hmm. heaven and hell thing goes into the also the spooky and strange. Sure, yeah. Um, so I I, I don't want to say like dead center, but let's say left leaning, <laughs> left leaning dead center. It's fun to say yes to that world, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's more fun that way. It's a more fun to live in that world where you're like, mm -hmm. it's possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, like it, speaking of that, like Sasquatch documentary is that like every single talking head person that popped up is like yeah those are all my dad's friends like mm -hmm. there's all like there's a couple ex-girlfriends whose parents are like that it's like oh yeah i get that like I've, I've experienced these people yeah i went to a party in connecticut once when i was recording a ep a while back maybe like four or five years ago 
and uh, we went to our friend's like dad's 70th birthday party. And I have a, I'm wearing my vest that had in the back has like my X-Files patch that says, I want to believe on it. And that gets a lot of like unsolicited, like, oh, do you want, let me tell you a story. Uh, <laughs> there's been it. a few uh, times, there's been a few times in a while, while people are like, yeah, I was driving down near, uh, near downtown PA, I saw him. I saw a man are flying Jeez. over my car. I'm like, it's 830 in the morning. <laughs> I'm jealous. I should do that. But also as a woman, I don't want extra attention. Exactly. Yeah. It's really hard to suss out like yeah. what kind so of I've attention had, is this going to be? Yeah. So like I had this vest on and her dad walked over and was like, oh, so you all believe. I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. yeah, why not? And then he like handed me a couple books. I was like, you got to read these. Handed you books? Yeah, he was like, these are a lot of UFO books you need to, like, they killed that guy. They killed this author, like, a couple years after this oh, book was. Oh, I know. Like, that, I know this guy. He yeah. he was, like, kind of right-wing, though, wasn't he? Probably. Like, like, that's the thing. That's the one part that I don't understand, that they kind of get into the Sasquatch thing, where it's, like, all these back-to-the-earth hippies that are horribly racist that Ugh. are, like, living in the woods by themselves. Or, like, these, like, yeah. right-wing, like, I get the right-wing conspiracy, but, like, let let me have my aliens and stuff. Can't yeah. you just talk about how the election was stolen? Can't that be your conspiracy? You can't get both. Yeah, <laughs> like, for you can't the, get the fun one and the annoying sad one. <laughs> yeah, for the listeners who might not know what we're talking about, the Sasquatch documentary is brand new. I believe it's on HBO and they kind of advertise it as like, you're going to talk to these Bigfoot hunters and kind of like learn about Bigfoot stuff. But really it's a, a kind of dark like uh reporter who's gone through a lot honestly mm. uh and has like gone undercover for all these like very dangerous situations kind of trying to figure out who who violently murdered people in a drug cartel and then they kind of talk about bigfoot around it yeah there's like there's like, <laughs> like people saying like oh yeah <laughs> A Sasquatch killed these dudes up in Mendocino That's County, what they dude. Say, yeah, and it's and then like halfway. I mean, I don't need to spoil it, but like halfway through the second episode, they very clearly make it like, okay, so it's not Sasquatch, and this it's man absolutely is in, not. and yeah. then this man is in some serious danger. After yeah, the second episode, you're like, but wasn't it? It was a lot more fun to talk to that ghost dance guy who was just like, <laughs> I, I like, ghost yeah, dance was great. I liked ghost dance. Ghost yeah. dance and the guy with the West Virginia beanie that was just stare like thousand <laughs> yards stare the entire time. Just, yeah, probably exists. I don't know, man. Kind of crazy. A, yeah, it's a lot. It's emotionally heavy for anyone out there. Yeah. You know, which I can handle. I listen to stuff like that too. But again, I like to know what I'm getting into. So I don't like, I don't like when movies trick me. I don't like when TV shows trick me and be upfront with me or I'm not going to be happy. Um, so uh, me and Casey have been watching the uh, Marvel movies and she's the same way, but with Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, I like when they're real. And uh, she's like, I don't like it when they're too real. That's her thing. Like if it's, it's, if it's complete escapism fantasy, mm-hmm. she's into it. Yes. So she's I'm like, on Casey. guardians of the galaxy. Oh my God. So crazy. Check. Like yeah, they're I aliens. It. I love uh-huh. it. But then like when it gets to Iron Man three, where there's a terrorist organization killing people, she's like too real. <laughs> yeah. I don't like that. And he's having panic attacks and shit. Yeah. It's like, I can just look out my window. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's it's been fun to like go through each one. We're like, as you can tell, like the ones furthest from reality are her favorites. She's really gonna struggle with those last ones. Yeah, she well, she saw. Already. That's the thing is, Casey had never seen any Marvel movies until Endgame. 
So mm. she just went in blind and was like, That's why do absurd. I care about these people? That's wild. <laughs> Our old roommate is a huge Marvel fan and got advanced tickets because he used to work for GMA uh, in the city. So uh, he has like all these weird connections. So they went to like a premiere date, like Ooh. two days early and wow. thing, and invited her along. She's like, you know, do I need to get any of the other movies? He was like, yes, but you need to get here in 10 minutes or else. But it's too late, late now. <laughs> yeah. Just, I love the idea of a cold watch for those. I will say it's hard because Iron Man 3, right? It gets too real, but you're already invested. And I feel just to bring it back to conspiracy theories, like I love going down a rabbit hole and then you find out that rabbit hole is anti-Semitic and you're like, God yeah. damn it. Uh, you're like, how does it always get here? Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm just yeah. like, I'm so mad. That's another thing that's like very annoying about those like those books that this guy gives me. It's like it's gonna get to like Zionists at some point. And I don't yeah. yeah. Why why? Just live in the world where aliens come down and be groovy. Like, why can't we live in a world where like ghosts and sat like there's a clip in that Sasquatch documentary where it's like, yeah, we got these 10 foot tall weed plants, but like the top of them are ripped off. So I'm I'm guessing Bigfoot like grabbed a tasty nug and just started eating it. And I'm like, I don't smoke weed, but that's sounds great that's the bigfoot that i want to hang out with this yeah. stoned ass sasquatch <laughs> yeah. why does he gotta be anti-semitic sasquatch <laughs> yeah all right yeah. we're gonna play the game right now because i have a question no we're not okay. gonna play the game but i do have a question <laughs> what crypt what cryptid would you love to get stoned with or like super drunk if you're not like smoking um, like just like you want to yeah. party with this cryptid party with this cryptid Hmm. This anthropomorphized cryptid. Yeah. Because I already know my answer. You go first. Yeah. I want to party with the Mothman because I want to know all the secrets. I, I feel like know. I, I knew you were going to say no. See, I Mothman, though, is like, like the big beady red eyes. It's kind of creepy. And so I feel like I'd freak out. But he's already basically looks high. Maybe you go for okay. a little fly around. But like the Mothman is a harbinger. So it's just like, what did you know? When did you know it? What's coming up? Like just dish. He gives me narc vibes. Like, I feel like he would tell on us. <laughs> Can you guys make know. a t-shirt that says Mothman's a narc? <laughs> I feel like he'd predict that we were going to get in trouble. Like, he should tell. Yeah, because like, he, yeah, he would fly around and tell. I, like, I I don't know. <laughs> I, love, I, kinda... I love the idea of Mothman flying around West Virginia, pointing at the stone dudes in, in Point Pleasant and be like, that dude's high. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I'd want to hang with the Fresno Nightcrawlers. I think they're so fucking silly looking. <laughs> they look like they're drunk already. <laughs> I would love, yeah, I don't know. I would love to see how they dance. Uh, they're basically just pants. If you don't know what they look like, for they're just big pants. I like, I like haunted pants. That seems head. fun. Yeah. Uh, I would go with. I'm going to say like classic grays. Sure. Just because I like I like being a host and I feel like I'd have to like show them that like, no, this is tequila. You know, I have to because I was thinking like anything because on if I smoke weed, I get very anxious. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not, it's just something that I've stopped doing because it's not worth the ride. Yeah. Um there's a there's a meme that's like uh, only CBD for me, THC is too spicy. And I feel like <laughs> I feel that in my soul. Yeah, Enjoy. I feel that too. I get that. I get that. <laughs> yeah so like any any cryptid i could think about uh, or like paranormal thing i could think about would be very like uh, like the one that came to mind at first was uh black-eyed kids 
and mm-hmm. I don't know if I could handle like someone knocking on my door. Oh, Black Eyed Kids would be so Also, you fun. would be partying with children. Yeah. Okay, like, but I listen. But, so I was trying to think who could like do the, like who could I get in the most mischief with? And Black Eyed Kids are the one. Because yeah. I'm thinking drunk, not stoned. And I feel like them being like, yo, check this out. And then they go like knock on a person's door and they're just like, just oh, pranking. Fuck. Yeah. That would be <laughs> yeah. so I imagine fun. Black Eyed Kids are just pulling pranks for the past 20 <laughs> yeah. years. <laughs> are you my mom and they're yeah. just like screaming yeah you need to let me into your car this is gonna be so funny <laughs> no i imagine george with like a group of like three to four grays and you take him to the bar you take him to these places you get real drunk and rowdy you like somehow do a stage dive onto them you like are showing them how to do a beer yeah. bong into their yep. tiny mouths just like yeah. a montage of hilarious events i, I want to party like- with some aliens I feel like Grays drink martinis, so you would have to teach them like how to do. Their hands are so small; they need like a cumber. Like they can't really hold on to like a full pint glass. So I think martini is right, or like something elegant. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The idea that like the pint glass is the equivalent for a gray of like us drinking out of a cowboy boot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. True. I love it. Very true. Uh, but yeah, I would say aliens, Grays, couple Grays. I would say the men in black, but then that's just two, like three lanky dudes, me included, just sort of like hanging out at a Denny's, not talking to anybody. Yeah. And while that's like how I want to live my life, like inside a Denny's, not talking to anyone, just eating my Grand Slam, it does sound like not fun. And I'm pretty sure men in black are bad vibes. Like they, they bad try vibe. to silence. You know what it is? Yeah. Here's, here's my cheat answer. I want to party with the men in black, but I want to party with X-Files men in black. So Fair. it's just Jesse Ventura and Alex Trebek. <laughs> That's what I want to party with. That makes sense. <laughs> I love it. You have a story to share with us. Yeah. I do. Uh, when I was, okay, this is nerdy. When I was a kid, we talked briefly on the first episode that I was here where I grew up in uh, Connecticut, southeastern Connecticut. It's there's a shore area there. It's not like the Jersey Shore at all. It's more or less like just like a like a New England beach town essentially. I didn't live there, but we would spend a lot of time there. There's a music venue there, so my bands would play there all the time. I went to in fifth grade oceanology camp. <laughs> so of course you did. Yeah, of course I did. Right. <laughs> it was a sleepaway oceanology camp where like we would hang out and take like soil samples from I, I feel like I keep on having to explain these things because I was going to say off oh, the Thames River I'm not mispronouncing it the there's an area in Connecticut that has just stolen every part of England and London and yep. renamed portions of it wrong in that area so there's a new London Connecticut they have <laughs> a big church with a clock tower in it so it's kind of like mini big ben and it's on the thames river not the thames there's so many little towns around it like there's an area of where i grew up called glasgow but it's spelt without the w it's just like they half-assed the entire thing i know that we didn't weren't recording at the time but do they also have counterfeit mini coopers literally they do not have counterfeit <laughs> mini coopers but i wouldn't put it past them that like you wouldn't see like a car with a union jack painted on the top <laughs> it's a weird place but in the uh the thames runs into the uh long island sound if we're painting a word picture and at that out that delta is an old lighthouse called ledge light and it looks like a little like colonial 
home built on a pylon in the middle of the mouth of this river. And one day at Oceanology Camp, they're like, okay, you kids ready? We're taking like the little trawler boat out to Ledge Light. And they let all these fifth graders run around this haunted lighthouse for about the whole day. And I became obsessed with it. And at the summer camp, they had a little uh, thing where I guess they sold t-shirts and stuff and sold like a couple things. So when parents would show up, you could be like, hey, it's like, look, and maybe they'd buy it. And they had a VHS tape of haunted lighthouses. And I had a little VHS mini TV in my room and I would watch this documentary style VHS tape about different haunted lighthouses around not new i think it was just the east coast and parts of the like uh, the great lakes mm -hmm. there was no west coast uh lighthouses on the documentary probably because they couldn't afford the travel to film it. like <laughs> sure. it, it, it's it was very cheaply done but it's in that perfect where i like to live in my documentaries of like late 90s early 2000s september late September, October history channel documentaries were like, they're mm -hmm. made on no budget whatsoever. It's all community actors of whoever's like decided to film it. Like it's pretty terrible, but perfect. Like I don't like ghost hunting shows nowadays. They're a little too night vision. Ooh, what was that? It's not even suspenseful anymore. It's this like very cheesy, but the right amount of cheesy documentary. You kind of know what I'm talking about? Just as a clarification, is it like almost like a listicle, but brought to life where it's not like a travel channel? Like we're going to go to the top, like 10 haunted houses, but it does so, kind of bring like that informational, like. Yeah, vignette. it's all informational. It was never a countdown type right, thing. Right, right. But like the first one they talk about is one of my, I'll talk about it after I talk about Ledge Light because I wrote down a couple of my favorites that I've memorized over the years. <laughs> Yay. But Ledge Light specifically, I think is the second lighthouse they talk about in this thing. And I always thought it was so cool because it's like, I live near there. I know where that is. And it's a weird looking lighthouse. If you look up a picture, it's a very strange red brick colonial house in the middle of a river. It, there's no mm -hmm. other island around it. Yeah. That's the Whoa, lighthouse. It's like square. It doesn't look at all like a lighthouse. Nope. It looks like a schoolhouse in the middle of a lake. Yep. It's it's New London Ledge Light. It is now completely automated by I think the Coast Guard, and now they run tours. But when we went to go check it out, there were no like there was no infrastructure put in for like tours and stuff. Nothing was redone. It was just they left this house in the eighties, and there it stayed until huh. like they would freak these kids out at summer camp every once in a while. <laughs> and the ghost story of Ledge Light is that there was a a lighthouse keeper named Ernie. There's a room now where it says Ernie's room and they keep it with like how a lighthouse keeper would keep his room. He fell in love with a woman on the mainland. And then the like couple days before she was supposed to like go out on to, to the light and like spend the rest of her life with Ernie. She, he found out that she had like eloped with a ferryman that would take people from new London to long Island messy yeah and so you can see it's like a four point corner house so mm -hmm. in uh -huh. his tragedy he leaped from the ledge of ledge light and has now spent the rest of his days wandering these wow. like rooms of ledge light it's like this beautifully tragic love story and people see ernie all the time and it's like he's referred he's one of these like friendly ghosts where he's not really freaking anyone out you just catch a shadow here and there mm -hmm. a couple ghost hunting shows has gone out to ledge light 
uh, but they never catch anything. It's just something that like the people of New England and New London specifically, just like Ernie lives out there. We don't bother Ernie. Sometimes he makes noises, but we're all cool with him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it wasn't, it's, it's more of a tragic love story than like a, ooh, creepy. Like we just feel bad for Ernie and we hope he gets better. Um, but it's such a cool looking lighthouse and such an interesting like romantic almost Shakespearean story that like I loved it and then I started looking into more haunted lighthouses because of this thing and it became like a thing that I liked (laughs) where it was like oh yeah if if like England can have castles then why can't America have lighthouses the closest things we get to them anyway Mm -hmm. so why can't they be haunted and have these creepy stories with them I feel the most famous haunted lighthouse is St. Augustine light in Florida, but it seems just so Floridian. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, of course it's in Florida. Like, of course they're going to (laughs) like come up with these ideas of like, you know, it's just the, the lyrics to the song. Uh, oh, what is that song? Someone help me. It's by Every the Weaker Every Further Seems Forever band. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, by the, it's, it's by the Weaker Thans. Oh, Valencia, I think it's called. Oh, where it's yeah. just like mm-hmm. the brother comes out and tries to shoot the boyfriend, but shoots the girl instead. Oh, no, no, the girl's. Oh, it's just it's to me that I like that trope is so played out. <laughs> Which is sad because it probably happened. You're like, like, if you're a bystander watching that unfold, you're like, oh, this again? Like, <laughs> someone's dying. <laughs> but Ledgelight was the one I grew up next. The other one that I really, really love, that was the first one that they talk about in this VHS. And they up someone uploaded it to YouTube a couple months ago, and I saved it in my watch for later, and then it immediately got taken down. No. And I was no. so upset. Because I was talking about it on Feel Feelings. Dan, roll the clip. And- <laughs> no, Dan. <laughs> And uh, I watched like a couple seconds of it and then I turned it off and then like two days later it was gone. It just, I, it like filled me up with just so much like nostalgia and energy. But mm. the first one they talk about is this lighthouse off the coast of Maine called Seguin Island. Mm-hmm. And there's a tiny little lighthouse up that way. And uh, the story goes is a lighthouse keeper brought his wife out. And it's like his third wife. So clearly he might be the problem. <laughs> Brought his third wife out. She's getting depressed because she's on an island by herself with That'll this new husband that she like. It's back in like the 1800s where it's like you basically walked into town and went that one. I'll have her, please. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, that's your wife, sweetie. Go enjoy your life on uh, on this little lighthouse in an island in the middle of nowhere. So in an attempt for this lighthouse keeper to keep his wife happy, he shipped in a piano to the island um but the piano only came with one piece of sheet music so that's the only (laughs) thing that she played for months because it was right before winter and they couldn't get back to the mainland to get some more music for her to play and learn so she played this same song over and over and over again and eventually drove the lighthouse keeper insane and then killed her destroyed the piano and then killed himself i think there's more to this story i don't trust this man yeah i don't either but it is a fun like dark ghost story where it's like they they play he uh, would it, know it, how to gaslight that's all yeah. i'm saying <laughs> i think that's where they wrote the play is that like as, they, <laughs> as the little gas lantern it's like it started with that <laughs> really yeah but in the vhs documentary thing i i still know the melody line i can't play it but it's been in my head since i was 12 years old of just this the music that they play with this lighthouse thing and 
she's it goes she goes throughout the thing it's like she goes from just barely knowing how to play it to playing it very well and then the night that she's murdered she's playing it like crazy like bashing away on the keys plank plank and then it pans and you just see this guy with an axe just coming down on this piano as she's laying on the ground and it's just so like the way they film it's so cheesy and out of date but it's such a good story and then i looked it up before we came on the show and they let you know a couple live in it over the summer to have upkeep while people take tours so there's just like you can apply like you and dan could apply to go live at seguin light <laughs> i can't think of anything i would love more yeah just spend the summer in maine living at a haunted lighthouse living in a haunt i might google this after <laughs> do it seguin light it's my be, favorite like ghost story for, for for lighthouse i'll be sympathetic to the murderer i guess because i have a playlist called morning hype that has for a long time has had four songs on it and I play it every morning. <laughs> oh, wow. And if Sam has to hear this one Cardi B song one more time. <laughs> Which one? I was going to ask you what songs are on there. But yeah. I, is it Bodak Yellow? No. So it's a, a recent thing. It's ever since Up came out. Because oh, I've like been trying that. to like, so it's uh, it's Serotonin by Girl in Red. Okay. It's Young Gravy <laughs> Oopsie. I love that song. That's a song great song. Takes me to like, yeah. Uh, is that uh, the is that the TikTok trend song? Oops, baby. Fuck on you. Like yeah, oopsie baby. Never knew. Yeah. Because we I have, know that was a TikTok trend song. But it's a TikTok it trend song. And me and Casey have a friend that is the friend that like introduced us. We like both had mutual friends with each other and never wound up meeting until this girl introduced us. And her name is Tracy and she drives a Honda. So it became oh, her anthem no. for two weeks. <laughs> so I love it. Anthem. Um, <laughs> wait, and then uh, up Cardi. And- uh, Cardi B up. And then it has the mashup that Kelly Clarkson does of Better Now, X Factor, and that other Cardi B song I really love. Who you hurting and bruising? Gonna gain the whole world, but is it with the girl that you're losing? That's careful with me. Yeah. I didn't know that was a song. It's not a threat, it's a warning. Be careful. Yeah, I know that song. I know that song. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that song, those four songs for a long time, for like probably two and a half weeks, were the only one. I was like, I'm gonna make a morning playlist. Like, I'm gonna just like have it be my thing because I can't listen to the news in the morning anymore. Mm hmm. And I would play it and like Sam is going to strangle me if he hears it one more time. I've started putting my <laughs> headphones in in the morning. It has more songs on it now, but like that. for a long time, it was just the four of them. I, I had that. a college roommate. His name is Nick. He's a great guy. Uh, we've we've since like not like we never had issues, but we were like the least compatible roommates in college. Mm-hmm. Like my other two, Damon, who's my best friend in the world. Like we're like, I can make him laugh and he can make me laugh any at a drop of a hat. Like it's so easy. Uh, and it's just like the person that like you want to surround yourself with, especially as a comedian, when you haven't been able to perform in like a year and a half. You're like, can I please just come over so I can make you laugh for five minutes? I just, I need this. <laughs> uh, we'll watch a movie afterwards. You can pick. I just need to run these by you. <laughs> That kind of friend. And then Andrew was my other roommate. He, you know, he's a pop punk kid, played in a bunch of bands. So we had like that connection. And then Nick was always just like a little, not tougher to get along with. Just like there was, we'd miss each other on stuff. And he would wake up every morning. His ringtone was that song. I think it's called Jersey by Mayday Parade. 
Huh, I don't know that song. So every every morning would wake up to like skinny jean wearing long haired dude going like Jersey just got colder and and he would always get it by that point. So I just heard that part. <laughs> that would drive me nuts too. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. However, my ringtone in college was uh, right after the drums come in and Motion City soundtracks, everything is all right. I love so that it'd be song. like, bah, 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 give me a re. So it was just like the loudest part of the song, like the bridge of the song would sure. wake everybody up. Y'all paying but, for ringtones out here. Oh, no, I never Fancy paid I, money. I know how to make them in GarageBand. So I made <laughs> I was an amount. So basic. I would record it as a voice note and then set that voice note as my That's old school. That's like making mixtapes. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way back in the day. I have gotten into a habit, especially if I'm having like a high anxiety day. Something that calms me down is watching uh, commercials from the 2000s. Huh. I don't know why. I love old commercials. I think it's really interesting to see how marketing has changed over the years. And there's sure. a plethora of stuff on the internet for that. But when I find ones that aren't done by this like one account that has like little 15 minute clips that are just like a little digestible, I'll sometimes find like an hour long clip of just like, you know, commercials from 2006. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny to watch ones that you remember. And one of them that always comes up is like the like if you want Stewie Griffin saying mom, text this number. Oh, like, text GH9 99099. Or like if you this. want. Uh, yeah. like it was always family guy ones or like R&B songs it was like, yeah. if you want Usher doing like yeah or whatever the song was like text O2 uh, if you want Exhibit saying Pimp My Ride text O3 <laughs> it reminded me of like me never doing it because my mom said that it was like $45 to it's do really it. expensive yeah. yeah uh man I also love those commercials because it was like a recording of the phone doing it. So it wasn't even like the digital file they put in. It was like such a bad recording example. (laughs) That also reminds me of, did you guys ever accidentally click on the internet icon and then try to close out really, really fast because it's so expensive and your parents would kill you if you're I think this is where a lot of my anxiety comes from. Because like (laughs) I would hit that button on accident. Be like, no, no, no. no, If it comes up on the bill, it wasn't me. Meanwhile, just like, hundreds of thousands of text messages like my phone never not buzzing yes, and like yeah because yeah. that was before unlimited text messages were a feasible idea right. so my mom just be like you went over so many text messages this month yes i remember that and this segment on our podcast is look how old we are yeah we're it's not dead. even how old it's just we're talking about the ghosts of our past <laughs> yeah that's that's what we've moved on to <laughs> thanks for asking i belong in a nursing home yeah, same. <laughs> i don't know if you're gonna get to this uh or if this is just like not built in because it's part of the west coast but Alcatraz is a lighthouse, right? Like it was used for that function. There's definitely a lighthouse yeah. on there somewhere. Wasn't it more so a lighthouse so that it can, that people could watch, like guards could watch and make sure people weren't escaping? There's definitely watchtowers, but the, I mean, it's a big rock in the middle of the bay. There has to be some sort of Something alarm for other warm. ships so they don't mm-hmm. ran into it, especially with all that fog. I imagine every building on the coast of San Francisco is just a like bastardized True. lighthouse because they're like, we are tired <laughs> of ships bashing into our Giragaldi chocolate shop. We are now a lighthouse. <laughs> I've never been to San Francisco, so I can't speak for these people. I'm so sorry. I love the Bay Area. It's one of my favorite places, but I've never been to, on Alcatraz. 
I, I'm not even afraid of it being like a tourist trap or a waste of money. I just, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where like, I have such precious little time in San Francisco that yeah. I want to spend drinking outside with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to be an extra. And apparently it's so expensive anywhere in San Francisco that it's just like, can't we just go like, are there nice places in Oakland? Like, it seems like it might be, <laughs> yeah, there's an old Simpsons joke where they have to escape from Alcatraz and Lisa's like, quick, we have to swim to the shore in San Francisco. And Homer goes, what do you think I'm made of money? We swim to Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> It's the things that I know about Alcatraz is that uh, I just listened to a whole thing about it and I realized that like, yeah, yeah. I just oh listened my God, to all same. three episodes. Look at us. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, like, as I'm listening to this thing, I'm like, damn, the only things I know about Alcatraz is like that one episode of The Simpsons. There's like a scene from the movie. So I mar- married an axe murderer where they're at Alcatraz. Oh, and it's just like they really live good. in San Francisco and they're like doing touristy stuff, which I think right. is hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's my favorite comedian, Eddie Izzard, who they, she, I'm not quite sure what their pronouns are. So I'll stick with they. They did a special in San Francisco and they filmed a whole thing as a pre-show bit of them overdubbing random clips of people heading towards Alcatraz. Mm-mm. And it's just them talking over these clips going, Alcatraz, going to Alcatraz. This is how they bring the prisoners there, tighten the chains, and they're just on a trolley car. <laughs> like, it's just so ridiculous. That's and at the really very funny. end of the bit, they go, my show is brought to you by the prisoners of Alcatraz. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Uh, there's a Tony Hawk game where you play on Alcatraz. And so oh, like, I cool. know the layout because of a video game. <laughs> that's good. That's I think good. it's Tony Hawk 4 is you get to play on Alcatraz. So have you ever seen The Rock? Uh, right? That's the movie, The Rock. That's the movie. I've never seen the movie, but I know it's Sean Connery trying to escape from Alcatraz. Yeah. Which is such a crazy like 80s and 90s idea of like, okay, we're going to get an actor and we're just going to escape from a historical landmark. What are we going to do? Like, it's like that Mad Lib trend where it's just like, yeah, no, we're going to get Sean Connery. No one's seen him in a minute. <laughs> and uh, name of prison, San Quentin? No, too, too Southern, too Johnny Cash. The, the Alcatraz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll call it the Rock. And I think Nick Cage will be in it. <laughs> so crazy. but also a lighthouse so yes you are correct and we are back on track is it tough (laughs) is it tough for me it's really difficult to have ADD undiagnosed and have a medium where people (laughs) ask you to talk on their show for minutes and then about halfway through speaking you go this isn't what they want from you you got it you're crushing it it. (laughs) you're in good company of like almost diagnosed ADHD yeah right I think so. we talked about it on our Feel Felix episode. We did. You're like, I just want someone to tell me that I have something wrong with me. Yeah, and they <laughs> so told me it was my personality. Instead, <laughs> yeah. they're like, you're so not funny. at the level of a disorder. This, this is, is just, just who, who you, you are. are. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, it's a nightmare. Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think, the, my trick of trying to get back on track nowadays is just I'll finish my tangent and then just get back to a point and be like, anyway, ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like, it's to prove the to the room that like I remember what we were talking about. Did I talk about what we were supposed to? No. <laughs> but I I heard the question. <laughs> I'm really into this lighthouse in Maine though because it's super creepy. Yeah, it's, and it's just like it seems really beautiful. Yeah. 
Light, that's the thing is I, I think that's why it's an attractive idea to me of like haunted lighthouses because the idea of like isolation by yourself in this beautiful landscape, but also has like a dark history. Mm-hmm. It's something very poetic about it, you know? And it's something that's like not unique to America, but always a creepy lighthouse story. Like they made the movie, The Lighthouse, that is apparently loosely based on this story. It was an episode of Lore years ago, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, two lighthouse keepers because they have to keep two people there, right. but they hate each other. Uh, and then one of them dies and uh there's no way to get him off the island it's like off the coast of wales so he has to build like a makeshift casket to keep him out of the way so he can continue with his job so there's just a man living with a corpse for several months and then help is not coming at all because he's kept them up on like a ledge out of the way uh and no one's coming back for supplies for some reason like it's six months eight months and no one's coming back And it's because, like, as the scary story goes, at some point there was a storm and it cracked open the the coffin, the casket, and uh, the corpse was splayed in a certain way that any time a ship would come by, if the wind blew, his arm would raise. So it looked like he was ushering the ships on. So it was like, even in death, this guy was ruining this man's life. Ruining everything. Yeah, and it's like a very creepy story, but it's also like it's part of that haunted like lighthouse thing where people, you know, they think it's this great adventure of like, oh, you can go live in a lighthouse by yourself and stuff. And it's just The Shining, really. It's solitary confinement is what it is. Not to like make light of like people in prison, but it is like solitary and you are confined to an island. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Or like being in Antarctica, like that episode of um, Black Mirror where they're like, in the like the state the weather station i'm trying to remember i don't want to spoil the rest of it when you said episode i just thought of uh those back-to-back episodes of uh x-files where it's one is just they're just doing the movie the thing yeah i love that episode and then the one right after that is about uh bradley whitford living in a volcano because he's infected by some weird like flesh-eating fungus thing that's killing people and it's like just another horror movie from the same time period, but it's like, that's Bradley Whitford. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like ice and fire. Side note, I don't know if you've ever heard like how, the, I forget what, I think it was a podcast I listened to. Who ran that podcast? It was an X-Files podcast. I want to say it was Kamel Nanjiani. Oh yeah, the X-Files files. Yeah. And <laughs> they so talked about the writing process for it because the writing process was so different at the beginning of the season the writers would just go write their things because a lot of times with X-Files, stuff was just kind of the same. And you're like, why is this the same? Like in the same season, spread this idea out. And it's because they would just go write everything right at the beginning. <laughs> so they'd, <laughs> they'd be like, we have some ideas, volcanoes, like mm-hmm. <laughs> the ice, right. uh, the, you know, the stretchy guy, like all oh, that yeah. stuff. Tombs. Yeah. So the one that comes to mind is the one with like the weird little nano pests that live inside the trees and then like cocoon oh, people. I love that movie and like, or that one. Mm-hmm. I feel like that episode was written because it was like, listen, if no one likes this show, we can end it there. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's the first one where like Mulder and Scully get like fucked up by the monster of the week. And they're just like, yep, ended like that. Sorry, you guys didn't like it. It's fine. Like if that the show New Jersey didn't... Devil one, I also think of in that time period. That one makes me so mad. 
Yeah, I don't like that one. It's it's it doesn't look like the Jersey Devil. It looks like a Sasquatch. And then because they filmed it in Canada, it doesn't look like Atlantic City. He goes out the back door of a casino and it's the middle of the forest. Like it's very clearly <laughs> the Pacific Northwest. That show struggles so hard with trying to That's find so places funny. that look like other places. Like Humbug, which is one of my favorite episodes. Humbug is my one of my favorite episodes of X-Files, right? Which one's and that one? That's the one where it's all the carnies and, and sideshow acts that live in a town in Florida. Oh. Oh, yeah. And his okay. twin is crawling out and killing people. That's right. Um, that was a good episode. It's a great episode. It's got uh, Jim Rose from Jim Rose Circus in it. It's got the Enigma. It's like it's got all these interesting people, but it's supposed to take place in Florida because there's a town in Florida where the zoning laws are all fucked up. It's based on a real place that like a lot of circus performers and circus folk moved down there because you could keep an elephant in your front yard and it wasn't an issue because there yeah. wasn't a law on the books. It's near Sarasota, Florida. Yeah. And, and, but it's just like, it's very clearly the shores of Canada. Like they didn't try to make it not look like Canada. <laughs> it's <laughs> infuriating. Ugh. It's I funny, I've not thought about that problem. Like the Atlantic City one feels weird, but I've not thought about that problem with the X-Files, but I feel like on my seventh rewatch. <laughs> this will be the time you can catch it. Yeah, yeah. my seventh like recent rewatch. There so. are so many places that like like clearly filmed it in around Toronto because there's a huge film industry there. It makes sense. You can afford to make things. I thought cheaper. they were in Vancouver for most of it. Vancouver, maybe it's Vancouver. But it's you know, there's a film industry in Canada and it's cheaper. If you need New York City streets, you can film in a city in Vancouver because yeah. it's similar and there's less traffic. Yeah. Especially in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, and then they moved the show and it got really popular to LA and things started to like look like what they were supposed to. But there were so many episodes where it's like, this is going to be Arizona. It's like, you painted the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> you went to a rock quarry and like turned up the chroma key to make it look warmer. Like, this is not Arizona. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, the Pine Barrens look like that, but it's just not that close to Atlantic City. It's not. Like, I get that you could look at two pictures and, like, if you were going on a vacation, you could stay near the Pine Barrens and then take a trip out to the AC. Or if you're doing research in Canada, you can open an Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. I'd be like... In 1993 and be yeah, like... Yeah, the geography oh, yeah, no. of Jersey. No, 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 they have trees. It's the Garden State. They've got to have trees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Meg, didn't you have a story? Oh, are we done? <laughs> I we're done. I'm hosting now. Jen, what are you doing? Are you hosting this podcast? Can yeah. I help you? Because I thought that you were still doing lighthouse stuff. Hey, hey, Meg. How do you feel yes. about that? I'm just wondering. No, we're not talking feelings. I'm never talking feelings again. So that's not what this podcast is about. But yeah, Fine. that's all. That's all you have on on lighthouses and X Files. That's all. I've talked about X Files and Sasquatch for most of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, lighthouses. They're by the shore. If you listen or was the host of this podcast you know we talk about your stories first and then i do my story all right <laughs> i'm sorry am i too mean no, you're, you're saying fine. the thing about how you get bullied and i was like oh shit i bully the crap out of yeah you came to the wrong <laughs> podcast if you yeah. didn't want to get bullied you have to understand that earlier place. in this episode we were talking about casey's friend that introduced us our mutual friend that introduced uh -huh. us right she is so mean to me 
all There's the time. There's something about you, George. You're so sweet. And you just, just want to ruin it. <laughs> get in there. I've, so I've had mean. people tell me that uh, Kat Mosley specifically be like, you are disarmingly kind and I do not trust it. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. You're just like a good sport too. Like, I feel like I can just be mean to you and you'll just be yeah, like. And yet, <laughs> I feel fair. like I can't do like roast battles because if I would do like a roast battle show, I, A, I would not do well. And B, I like, I would handle it well, but then it wouldn't be fun. Like, I want yeah. to, I want someone to get under the my skin. The problem with the roast battles, especially on our level, is like because we're not like doing professional ones. Is that even if half of the people are good, there's gonna be half that don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So whether you like it or not, there's gonna be some people slinging some stuff that's either a little bit too real and not jokey, or just downright mean and uncalled for. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I learned from doing them. I was like, all right, you're just not a good joke writer. I'll just keep that in mind. Cool. Uh, I will <laughs> shout out. Uh, I was just looking <laughs> online and Kevin O'Fee posted like a clip of him doing a roast battle out in LA and like, just, look, just looking at the guy next to him. He's like, he got some good jokes in there. He good called job, like, he's kind of like a meathead looking dude. And he called him the, uh, like the, uh, plus size mannequin at a target. And I was like, wait a go, hilarious. Kevin O'Fee. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. I was really proud. Like, I mean, especially I, cause he's the toddler size mannequin. Yes. See, that's how you get back. <laughs> that's what you say back. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Very well done. Boom roasting Kevin. I'm sorry. I just took your joke and then put it back on you, which is annoying when you're in a roast battle. So, <laughs> but it's also what you do. That is. The yeah. I did that to Jeff Roser on Peaks a couple weeks ago. Where you we were, were roasting like, Jeff on Peaks. I, I only roasted him once. Where uh, we were talking about Steve Buscemi, and then I threw his joke back in him. We was like, "You ever notice that Steve Buscemi was at 9/11?" He's like, "Are you doing my joke at me?" I was like, "Yes." Yes, I am. <laughs> See how ridiculous this sounds, Jeff. <laughs> I won that round, and uh, and and uh, listen, he made me fight for it, which is upsetting because it was the Mummy versus Airheads, and there's one movie that is superior. Airheads, <laughs> obviously. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> Okay, okay, we're getting uh, derailed again. Um, so the yeah, Mummy let's... has a lighthouse. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Does it have a lighthouse church? There's a scene in the background. I won't okay. get into All it. All right. But... <laughs> All right. Okay. I mean, you tied it back in. You were back. Ghosts, right? <laughs> <laughs> I do like the nostalgia of the stories that you're telling, how they all fit like a very comfortable ghost story pattern. Mm-hmm. Despite the realness or like the historical accuracy, there's something very like fun and fulfilling hearing all of these tropes. Like, I don't know. And you keep saying like, I don't know who would want to live in a lighthouse, but if like you could put a handful of open mics in one club, 20 minutes from that open mic in Maine, I would be there in 10 seconds. You'd have to take a ferry. Yeah, right off the shore. (laughs) I love it. I don't care. Like, I don't know. I, you know, I think with COVID and everything and being cooped up in like a one bedroom apartment, the thought of just like having your own little island to just fuck around on. No, 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 no. So the thing is, is that you're on the lighthouse because you have to work the lighthouse. You yeah. can't go to mics and things like no, that. No, no, here's the thing, you though. You work for like, half a day, though. You work 12 hours, you're off You work hours. at night. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but here's the thing is that she, the, the woman in the Seguin Island story, she's just the wife. She's like, she's doing oh. wifely duties. She has the nights to herself. In the 1800s, she's like during the day, you know, do 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 Cleaning your uh, and stuff, do your, or you know, uh, chauvinist chores, sure. and then you know you could walk around the island 
which is nice, I guess. And you can write jokes. I can write, jokes, write jokes on the island. You know, relatable. You ever live on a lighthouse and your husband axe murders you? That's wild, right? <laughs> I would love <laughs> Very to relatable. do a sketch where it's like 1800s comedy, like the Time Flies show that you do. But it's just like ghosts that are like, you ever be murdered by your husband because you're stuck on an island? Or is that just me? <laughs> he really yeah. gave me the axe, huh? And then you turn around, there's just an axe in your back. Yeah. Oh, what fun. I love it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think of living in a lighthouse the way I think of like living in a tiny house. Like I do have a full Pinterest board of tiny house like ideas, <laughs> but like, uh-huh. really, am I going to do it? No, I'm not. Like, there's no way. There's the the artist side of me is like, yeah, I would I would love to just go out, isolate for a while and then like yeah. write some cool songs. Yeah. yeah, of course. But I would like the option to come back and not like eight months afterwards. You yeah, know? that's the one. I think I it would take one good rainstorm where mm. I think we're going to die for me to be like, all right, I've lived my lighthouse dreams. Especially at like Ledge Light. Apparently there was a, a hurricane in the 1930s that hit Long Island or hit no. Rhode, Rhode Island, Connecticut area. And it survived, <laughs> but people were like, there was extensive damage. Like we yeah. should not have put a lighthouse in the that middle was of stressful. this river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, that's all my lighthouse input. Do you like lighthouses? Do you like lighthouses that are black and white or do you like them off color? I like them off color. Yeah, that's cool. It's because it's not like the usual i get yeah that. yeah 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 lighthouse they're pretty <laughs> <laughs> lighthouses i like them lighthouse. haunted yeah i want to get a lighthouse tattoo just because of the years i've spent around them because i was born on long island so uh like the fire island lighthouse is something that's like tied to my memory but i mm-hmm. also don't want it to wilt at some point and look like a dick you know yeah. Like I have to like a well, part, part of, of your body would wilt so it flops over like a flaccid dick. But you don't want to see how much weight I gain and lose and like how my skin has stretched. It's uh I basically it on your wear arms. Like, I already got that one there. And then if it's on my forearm and it does get a little wonky looking, I was like, that's a dick on your forearm. Get the square lighthouse. No, but that's not what the fire on lighthouse looks like. Hear me out. You get a UFO beaming up a lighthouse. <laughs> that another lighthouse is shining a like onto the ufo <laughs> it's just competing light it'll yeah, just be too much it's just yeah. like a big scene yeah it's a whole thing it's a back piece i'll get yeah, that really yeah there you go big old dick it's on my back plan. that's the thing is that my mom made me like we need to have thought behind every one of your tattoos like they need to like mean as much as you the day you have them the day not so now i just have all this like emotional scarring where it's like well i can't get a lighthouse it looks too much like a dick like <laughs> the first when she when i got my fool tattoo on my forearm she was like what it's it's a weird looking girl and i was like it's a tarot card why do you like and she was like well it doesn't look like girls like a little looks like a little boy why you got did a little you? boy on your arm did you get the tarot card before meeting casey uh i think we had started dating immediately but it was an idea okay. i had for a while okay yeah it's, it's not it's not like oh my, my girlfriend has tattoos i need to get tattoos uh, no it's just because she does tarot so i was just like that's weird and we talked about like our favorite tarot cards on our first date and that's why over in the office we have both our favorites like framed it's cute that is cute cute. not Uh, to like uh get too real but the issue is not that the lighthouse might look like a dick the issue is that you probably have more stuff to work out with your mom's opinions and therapy absolutely I didn't get a tattoo until probably three years ago because I was afraid of what she would say about the tattoo. My mother was a single mother that raised us for quite some time. So it's like, how can I like make it better? It's like the reason why I think I gravitated towards trying to be funny because I was like tired of hearing her cry all the time. Oh, 
geez. Yeah, you want to go dark? It. I'll go dark. We're oh, talking about feelings. Man. Dad, roll the clip. <laughs> get a giant dick tattoo. Oh, she yeah, hates it. And yeah. then get the lighthouse tattoo. Can I and then be you? like, see, this one's not so bad now. So, yeah. My fear. My fear is managed because I've already done the bad thing. Face you want to hear a very funny story about like the shit my sister would put my mom through? Mm-hmm. My sister was like a mall goth. We've talked about it. I think in person, but for anyone listening that hasn't heard the story, my sister was like the scary girl wearing like Victorian style dresses and black long matrix trench coats to high school. Uh, hanging out in the graveyard kind of kind of gal. She went into Spencer's when she was about 16, stole like the big old vibrators that like wiggle around, mm-hmm. painted it like a lighthouse and then put it in our, I think our living room in the house. So it just looked like a funny looking lighthouse that was decoration and, and tried to figure out how long it would take for my mom to notice that it was <laughs> wow. a dildo uh-huh. vibrator. Uh, and it took months before my mom, like in the middle of a fight, was like, you've got a dick in your living room for six months. You haven't even noticed. And she's like, what are you, what? Oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> like, no. Company over and stuff. She just thought it was the funniest thing. Holy shit. That is ballsy. Yeah. That's she crazy. would do shit like that all the time. She, uh, she pierced her lip with a safety pin and then just like Eek. would, would like roll it back underneath her lip when she was around my mom and then poke it through as soon as she wasn't looking. Like she was a, she's annoying. You should have Lexi That's on her show. Cool. She's she's an artist now. She makes like dead thing art. We would oh, love really? To. I love yeah. that. I took yeah. a taxidermy class. She I'm real gets, into that. Uh, she uh, her friends in North Carolina are uh, hunters, so it's all responsibly sourced stuff. Uh, but a lot of like you know witch hazel wreaths with fox skulls in the middle and stuff. Very cool. Oh, I love yeah. that. That is so cool. She does one thing that got the town mad at her, so she had to take it off her store. Uh, but she works at a vet clinic and a lot of times vets well or like whatever breed of dogs the dog has puppies they're like you need to crop the tails i don't really get it but it's a thing that i guess aesthetically people still do uh and if the puppy dog's tails gets cropped uh she will take them and mummify them and then put them in earrings so she has little dangly puppy dog tail oh earrings. my god <laughs> and the town of franklin north carolina was like she's a witch burner uh, <laughs> I mean, they might not be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pro yeah. witch, but still, like, <laughs> I mean, you can just kind of tell. Like. She's had a pair that she's had for years from like when my mom's dog had puppies. She has the easy part of making a little boy potion. Do yeah. you remember those? Yeah, yeah snips and snails <laughs> and puppy dog tails. She's got them and she sells them for, I think, $30. <laughs> wow, that's not even expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was the person that, like, she would steal parts from the uh, projects in high school. So, like, she just had a drawer that said, do not open, written in Sharpie. And her, like, I want my life to become a cartoon so I can write this whole wow. thing out of my life where, like, my sister had this drawer with just, like, a Gatorade bottle with, like, a floating wet specimen mouse in it that she found after school one day. And, like, the skull cap of a fetal pig from the fetal pig project in high school and this like you know bugs ziplocked into bags so they're like like the moths that you would hang up but the cheap way of doing it puppy dog tails bits of animal like cemetery dirt just in case like, <laughs> uh, i'm so good. for this yeah yeah, hell yeah. Nice, nice nice that's awesome Let me ask you guys something. Whatever happened to predictability? 
There must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls. Sometimes you get a feeling like you need some kind of change. I don't get any of those references. But each week on Talking Sit, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sit with Silas P. Meg, we have a yes. story that we should Let's get to. Let's do it. Okay. I'm setting a scene here. Okay. George and I have similar music tastes. I yeah. love ska. I love punk. I was a big old emo kid back in the day. And I used to go to this concert. Uh, it was like a festival called Bamboozle. Coming back. I know. And it's going to so be excited. in Asbury. It's coming back. I was actually going to talk to you because I was going to see if you and Casey wanted to go. Absolutely. But I wanted to see the lineup first. Anyway, so there's this concert called Bamboozle. And I got to see one of the ultimate and emo superstar bands, My Chemical Romance. Well done. And while they were there, they covered a Fall Out Boy song, and my life has never had a moment as perfect since. So <laughs> it was big. It was big for me. But why am I talking about My Chemical Romance? Because according to multiple sources, they believed their Black Parade tour was cursed. Whoa. Have y'all heard about this? I have not. This is very I interesting. Yes. I was just talking to a friend about this because he was talking, a friend of uh, Wasted Robot Network, Luke Robers, who does Get in the Garage. They just did like their live album episodes. And I was talking uh-huh. about like, he because he loves live albums when you can hear the audience getting mad. Uh-huh. Uh, and I told him that MCR has one of the greatest live shows ever, uh, specifically when they had to, they were playing Glastonbury and they played immediately after Slayer. So they had to win back the Slayer crowd. So they played only like the metal songs off of Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. And they're just getting bottles whipped at them. And Gerard (laughs) is at the front of the stage being like, you miss me. Sorry, sweetheart. (laughs) Like just taunting them. And by the end of it, people are like, all right, these little skinny boys, they're they're okay. (laughs) But please continue. Yeah, of course. So it all started when the band wrote and recorded parts of, of the album in The Paramore which is a notoriously haunted mansion in California. It has an extremely dense history, according to the Paramore.com. The socialite Daisy Canfield, heir to the Pan American Petroleum Fortune, commissioned this mansion in 1918. When it was completed in 1923, she quickly moved into the mansion with her silent film star husband, Antonio Moreno. Tabloids of the era christened it the most beautiful home in Hollywood. Sadly, just 10 years later, Daisy was killed in an auto accident on the way home from a party. Some highly salacious gossip I found on definitely questionable websites suggests there may have been foul play, but there's no real legit sources confirming that. After Daisy's death, the mansion became an orphanage and then a convent for a bunch of nuns. So it's... It's been busy. It has yeah. the makings of a haunted building. Absolutely. Coming. It's got yeah. all the side posts to be like, there's religion involved. There's a death. There's Children who've been abandoned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you don't see a black eyed kid wandering around your living room at some point in that house, it's like you didn't do it right. <laughs> and now it's a hotel or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so for some reason, the band was staying here. Uh, according to the article, the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance was cursed. Here's proof by Casey Witt from the Alternative Press. The band reported hearing doors slamming in the mansion at night and ominous dread hung just hanging in the air. 
This is where some of the darker parts of the album were created. The song Sleep, for instance, was the result of night terrors and horrific dreams Gerard Way suffered while staying at the mansion. If you listen to the beginning of the song, he repeats, it felt like something was grabbing my throat, night terrors. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. And then in a different alt press article, the band's drummer, Bob Breyer, is quoted saying Gerard told him he saw a ghost in his room. Wow. I could definitely see a lot of like of the lyrical content from the Black Parade seeping its way in there. Go back and listen to Sleep. When you know the context, like the first two seconds of that song is so creepy. You're like, (laughs) no, Uh, Gerard wasn't the only one haunted at the mansion. Their bassist, Mikey Way, also had a terrible time. Quoted from that same article by Cassie, Mikey was already battling serious mental health concerns at the time, and he happened to stay in the estate's most haunted room. Not the atmos- I know, which will hurt. <laughs> <laughs> the atmosphere, which only exacerbated his inner turmoil, which led to him first sleeping on the floor of George's room, then to his leaving the mansion entirely to seek help. Uh, the entire band left the mansion earlier than scheduled but it doesn't end there (laughs) whoa i know i I do want to say though about like the mental health thing it's so hard because like things get like stirred up when you're like going through any period of stress so like i'm sure like that was the perfect like storm of like a bunch of different things Mm, so that's so hard because like tough too because it's like how do you look out for someone like that? Like, hey, we're staying at, staying at this haunted mansion. Uh, except for you, Mikey, like you have to sleep out front because we don't want you to like get hurt. It's yeah. like, no, it's like sending me into a tent out front. This is not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or even just like you just pick things because like maybe your like spidey senses or whatever are like, yeah. ah, this room is calling to me, but you don't know if it's like a good calling or a bad calling. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. Maybe he connected with that room because. He's going through it. Or even just the fact that it's even just the creepiest room doesn't help reduce stress on anybody. Yeah, right. For sure. For sure. This is crazy though. I had no idea that like they yeah, did the it's whole so interesting. Like yeah. the most the most I've heard about like bands really getting into their thing is uh the band Fun had like uh-huh. had Atlantic Records pay for them to go see a bunch of musicals while they were in New York because they wanted That's to make awesome. their first record, Aim and Ignite, to be like more of like a theatrical thing. <laughs> so they yeah. were just like, yeah, no, Atlantic, you need to pay it. Like you need to buy us Broadway tickets every day for three months because we just want to, that's just what's going to help us. But this, they're like, no, we're staying in a haunted man. I don't think they did it on purpose. From what I was reading, it didn't sound like they did but it, it for- it fits their vibe so but much. But it just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like makes so much sense that even yeah. if it was a subconscious thought, like it's, it's the right one, but it also works. the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the same way too, like you want those kind of like, it's the Paramore Hotel. Yeah. In California. Oh, it's beautiful. It's really but it beautiful. also kind of looks yeah. like, um, God, the house from the Black Dahlia murders. I thought that too. Mm. I thought that exact thing. Oh, that tub's scary. Yeah. I mean, so it is like one of those things where it's kind of like old Hollywood. And I feel like it's probably a Los Angeles equivalent to what people think of when they go to New York and they want to stay at the Chelsea Hotel. Yeah. Chelsea mm-hmm. Hotel has like lots of like, uh, rock and roll energy but also like bad things happen there like do you know what i mean like it's just a yeah, place where sure. it's like yeah sure. i want to stay in the room where sid vicious died because like that's or like where uh, nancy died or yeah because yeah. like that's the vibe i want to go for like no Mm-mm. it's just no 
Yeah. Okay. So there's more. During the recording of the music video, Famous Last Words, many accidents occurred. They had been exhausted already from filming the Black Parade music video the day before. So running on fumes, they were trying to do anything they could to get the shots. In one take, guitarist Frank Iro, does that right, George? Yes. And he lives near me. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where specifically, but anytime he does like a live stream, he's like, yeah, I'm broadcasting from North New Jersey. And I'm like, That's but so where dope. though? Let me come <laughs> hang out with you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in one tank, guitarist Frank Arrow jumped on Gerard, knocking him at a weird angle. This caused the ligaments in his ankle to tear. Oh, man. Howie. It was quickly. Yeah. So it got looked at and it was quickly decided that Gerard should put his boot back on before his foot swelled too much that it wouldn't fit. And so they, they could finish con- filming. Yeah. And they continued on. So he hobbles around towards the end of <laughs> some no! part. And in some parts of the music video, he may actually be screaming in pain. So when he's like rolling around on the ground, that's that's when he fell. Wow. Yeah, so now you can go back and look. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm absolutely yeah. going to. And then another time during this same filming, during the final shot, flames were involved, showing the float they were on just completely burning up. The flames ended up getting too close to drummer Bob Breyer's leg. Knowing it was the last shot, he didn't move until they were done filming, resulting in second and third degree burns that ended up becoming infected. Ah. That then led to gangrene. And that's why he's not their drummer anymore, probably. (laughs) Is that why? Well, actually, there's more for Bob. He had a he had a rough go during the tour. I feel very bad for Bob because like, (laughs) yeah, he's he's one of those people in my camera. It's like they all have like their own star thing where it's like it's Gerard and Mikey. They're brothers. And like Mikey's Uh this cool guy. Uh He's got like a flashy bass. And obviously Gerard's like a great showman. And you know, Frank's like the guy with all the tattoos. That's crazy. He's like, comes from the hardcore background and stuff. Uh And Ray's the metal dude with the big hair. And then Bob. And then there's just Bob. It's just Bob. (laughs) I know very little about my chemical romance other than the one song. That's like the banger. I don't mean to be like, I was too cool that it's like the one about like, I chimed in. That's That's Panic Panic at the Disco. Oh, see, I don't even know what a my chemical romance song is. Um, the, Black Parade song. Dun, 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 dun. I probably, I think I do. And I think I confuse it with that other song. But the thing is, is that. Or I'm not okay. It's like. Yeah, I'm not okay with like. Well, if you wanted honesty, that's all you had to say. Do you know that one? No, I am this weird thing. And I think we discovered this close to that, that show we did, George, where it was like the karaoke. Oh, I was just thinking about that show the other day. Yeah. So I loved emo music before a certain period of time. And then I like was in college Mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm too true punk for this Mm -hmm. emo music. Mm -hmm. And so I missed out on lots of great music. That's fun. While also like upholding the depression vibe that I love to carry on. Yeah. Like, I you mean your missed, personality as yeah, doctors have put it. That, like, <laughs> That's what the doctors say. Time period. Yeah. So I, I honestly like this is fascinating because I also like I look them up. I, you're like, there's brothers. I was like, I cannot visualize brothers. <laughs> yeah. Other than the good Charlotte brothers. Like, it's true. It's Casey's I favorite, man. Oh, I love Good Charlotte. Good Charlotte? But, yeah. yeah. She has that. We have an ornament that we put up because her and her girlfriends that all live in Asbury now uh, mm-hmm. created their own Good Charlotte fan club called GC Freakship. Yeah, that's <laughs> so funny. I love that. I want to join if they're taking. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pass your application along. Because <laughs> I really love Good Charlotte. Uh, but 
yeah, continue. Yeah, I, well, I was going to say, Alyssa, you really should check out. I'll send you the My Chem videos that made me go crazy in seventh grade. And then so many to- people I know love them, especially because they have the reunion tour that they yeah. announced they- this year, right? Mm-hmm. Or it got uh, canceled because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but Still cursed. <laughs> still cursed to this day. Don't record in that <laughs> fucking hotel. But we, I was talking to Luke about this from Get in the Garage when I brought up that, that show where they had to play after Slayer. Um, where like they went from that and then two years later they headlined Glastonbury like they've gone from the town across from me in Lodi New Jersey they're from the same town as the Misfits uh and they've always been like this like oh we don't listen to them because they're like this new wave emo theatrical like they're a lot they're a lot to deal with to now being like one of the biggest legacy bands of a whole genre Mm -hmm. because they got out before they got weird like They've all done their stuff and they become this legacy, but like fallout boy is in the same genre and panic at the disco is in that same genre. And they've become so much different than what they started from that. Like right. they're like, people still hold on to fallout boy being this like hardcore pop punk act from take this to your grave, but they're no longer they're not, that anymore. Yeah. They're pop acts. Like they're, they're making millions of dollars and good for them for making millions and millions I'm of dollars. Cool with that though. Like, yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I my chem is like, I'm trying to think of like, well, Alyssa, what was like the last big emo band before that you, that you yeah, that, that, that before you were like, I'm above this. I'm only listening to, I mean, Tori when Amos. saves the day was on like a major oh, label. I love saves the day. Brand See, so new, like, like, yeah, brand so like, new was like, yeah, one. And then right after that was this brand of emo. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember I didn't even like taking back Sunday, even though they were the same era as brand new and the same like area, mm-hmm. but they were just like on the cusp of like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's interesting too, is like, I love it when a band gets to maintain some of its lore and it's like gets to freeze itself in time by taking a break and not advancing itself further because like there are bands where like I think of a band like Sleater Kinney or a band like Best Coast where my memory of that band is like a very specific segment and there's there's so much more work they've done after that and it's like fine it's just not anything that I like it's not what you you know Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah I get that I, that's one of the things that I think that's like why my chem is kind of in this one little shell is that they did reinvent themselves every album. Like yeah, they three did. cheers, yeah. three cheers for like even their first records about vampires. Like their second record is this beautiful uh, rock opera thing. And then black parade became this whole next level of people who were like, like Liza Minnelli does a, does a feature on black parade mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's insane no punk band black would do parade that and they were awesome. like it's perfect and then they did like a sci-fi uh sci-fi gunslinging western star wars thing of the fabulous killjoys and people were like okay it's weird but we're into it we're still on board and then they stopped because they were like let's see what else we can do like on our own mm-hmm. and then gerard ray, gerard ray wrote umbrella academy yeah and, and he's doing great. And he's also, he's I didn't realize this, it. but he's married or was married, still married to uh, the bass player from Mindless Self-Indulgence. Jeez. Which I had no idea was that uh, that was wow. a thing. But yeah. Mindless Self-Indulgence is like uh, embarrassing to admit that I enjoyed very hey, listen, much. Listen, we all, we all went to Hot Topic in 2003. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, anyway, let's wrap this up. I only have a little bit left. Um, finally, there was some misfortune on the tour. Poor Bob Breyer. 
Bob Breyer. This poor guy. He ended up having a mysterious severe pain in his wrist, and then a massive lump began began to form. He eventually lost feeling in his fingers, which caused show cancellations, and ultimately Bob had to leave the tour for professional treatment. So just a random. It could just be overworking it. I did think Maybe. that for this one, but. Pretty I will random. say I know several musicians who get the mystery cyst in their wrist. Really? I don't know if you've mystery heard of this, in their wrist. they get like the they get a cyst or like some kind of lump like here in their wrist, and it's always musicians, and it's not like specifically guitarists. I've known probably like four or five different people who at some point have had it, huh. and like it usually can go away if you're not using it. But if your job is to play music, it can make yeah. it way worse. I always yeah. felt really bad for. Um, do you guys remember Lindsay Berrigan? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Uh, her boyfriend plays in a great band called Timeshares. Uh, he's allergic to nickel. No! Everything on a guitar is made of nickel. That sucks. Strings, uh, hardware, everything. So they have to, like, he has a special guitar that his friends pitched in to help How does he learn? See, people, it drives me, it not drives me crazy. It blows my mind because if I was allergic to nickel, I just would pick up a guitar. I'd be like, oh, this feels bad. And then I would never do it again. He loves it. I think it came in later. So he was like playing in bands, doing oh, stuff. That and he developed this allergy afterwards. So like that's worse when they go that's on so tour, worse. he has like the special acoustic that doesn't involve any nickel on it. So he writes a lot of songs on that from what I understand, but he plays, you know, like the frets right. are made of the same metal. So when he goes on tour, his hands start to deteriorate Jeez. because of it. I don't mean to put this guy's business out there, but like that's what he does for a living. He's playing fest this year. I think he, his band has played fest every year for like 11 years. Yeah. Um, they're a great band. Uh, but like his, the, his job is actively trying to kill him, which is that's such wild. a bummer. Yeah. It's musician injuries are the strangest thing. Yeah, uh, so weird. Fucking Bob, the drummer. This is the thing too. Is that what bothers me about Bob, poor Bob. Like, they. I remember on the Black Parade tour because I watched like a rig rundown of it, which is something that happens at three o'clock in the morning when I can't sleep. It's like watch. People... I've watched too many rig rundowns, so and I'm not even that interested rig in rigs. <laughs> uh, but there's the, on in our house. The MyChem one. <laughs> uh, he had two drum sets built specifically for like one song. Uh, because in the Black Parade song, there's like that marching band snare. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's tuned differently than the rest of the drums for the rest of the songs. So it has like an L that was on a rotary. So it would spin the other way. So you could jump mm. to the other drum set and back. And so like a lot of work went into this thing only for it halfway through the tour to be like, yeah, my wrist is exploding. To go. I'm going to need yeah. to stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have one Same. more line. Uh, eventually, the band made jokes about being cursed during the tour and created a cheek and tongue T-shirt that said, I survived the Black Parade and I really want one. Yeah. I, now that I know that that's why they made those, <laughs> I really want one. That's crazy. I had no idea. But like, adds up. Adds, it blows my mind as someone that loves punk and emo and also loves the paranormal that I haven't heard about yeah. them staying in a freaking haunted mansion. <laughs> like, I feel insane. like I should have, like, I don't feel like someone should have told me. I feel like that should have just downloaded into my brain at some point. Yeah, like right? I should have just woke up one day with that knowledge. <laughs> like, uh, do you believe that Avril Lavigne died and got the Paul McCartney treatment? What? No. Oh wait, I did hear that a long time ago. Yeah. Apparently it's just a different girl that they hired and that's when her sound started changing. 
That's why, yeah, she changed. I don't know. Jewel also went through the similar like transformation of identity. So I just think that that was a thing that was happening in the record industry. They say that happened to Britney Spears too, that they cloned her. And then anyway, free Britney. Yeah. Poor Britney. I I really do. Uh, There was a TikTok recently where it was uh, who was right about something initially, who was made fun of initially, but turned out to be right in the long run. And it was just a uh, stitch with Chris Crocker. Yeah. And Chris Crocker I was like, that. thank you. I really, that's, 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 that yeah. helps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That is an insane story, Meg. Cause <laughs> a, something that I never heard. And the fact that like, I don't know, there's part of like New Jersey lore that like a lot of creepy bands come out of here. Misfits, like specifically Lodi uh, and MCR both came out of Northern New Jersey, a town, like an area of New Jersey where I live. And I can see like all these creepy bands coming out. Like they all have like that weird thing Mm -hmm. to them and that they like own it. And then it curses them. Yeah. It it comes back to get them. Yeah. Do you want to talk about your project since you're an artsy guy? I'm not an artsy guy per se, but I did get bored before uh, (laughs) April Fool's Day and made a Sky album. Just for you, Meg, because I know how much you love. I Scott. love it. The song like is really it? good. Did you? Are, you made a whole album. I only heard the one song. It's three songs. There's okay. two, two, two of them are like joke songs. One of them is an old "Fight for Your Friend" song, which is like my folky emo, mad at your dad rock band that That's I do fun. by myself. Um, the one that I've heard is the one where. It sounds really pleasant, but if you listen, it's depressing. Yeah, that's Scrimshaw My Bones. That's okay, the yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. song that I initially it's recorded with a mandolin and one microphone. So it had like that kind of lo-fi yeah. vibe to it. And then I realized like, oh, I could probably swing this into a ska song yeah, for this awesome. release. And it did work really well because it is really pleasant and fun to listen to. And then you listen to the lyrics and it's about like, like someone's Whoa. last wishes yeah. to do with their body. Uh-huh. Um in a dark but sort of like just it's it's very pleasant to listen by no way are they comparable but it reminds me a lot of like the duality of semi-charmed life where like if you listen to the lyrics to semi-charmed life you're like this is awful like this person's going through it yeah Uh, but the do 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 is so happy (laughs) um and then there's a song called last train home which is the the ep opener that is just how i imagine uh what i used to it's what i used to hear drunk at penn station trying to get home from the city like that's it's a very specific emotion um and then the last song is a song written in ode to a comedian and friend sean nelms who left me a voicemail on uh my phone one day saying that he had accidentally gotten a girl pregnant and he was telling all his friends and family that day I posted the link because we were talking about ska music on Facebook once and Jeff Jackson commented underneath it. So then I commented underneath his when the album came out and he was like, ooh, Sean Nelms, congrats. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should go check this out online. Yeah, it's it's Say Who and the What Now. It's a funny name that I always wanted to use for a band. Hey, George, it's Sean Nelms. I got a girl pregnant. Call me back. <laughs> That's the message I got. That's it. He uses his whole name, everything. Hi, it's Sean Nelms. Oh, why did he use his full name like that? 
Just so he wasn't confused Aww. with other Shans. Yeah, there's so many Shans. I mean, oh there's eight Shans that run this network, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh my God. Poor, I mean, all right. He's doing I okay. Appreciate Sean. I just, Congratulations, like, say, Sean. Sean is doing great. Uh, I just, uh, my first big outing since being vaccinated was we recorded a web series up in the Poconos. So that should be coming out in a couple mm-hmm. uh, months now. So that's been really fun. So he's like still doing creative stuff. It's not, it's not the end of his life. He's doing good. I know. I don't know why I'm like having such a, cause it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's like, it's weird. Cause you think like when you're 20, you're like, all I have to do is get to 25. And then if I get pregnant, it, even unmarried, it's like, all right, it's fine. Yeah. But even at like this age now, I'm like, no, yeah. It's just that reflex of it's so scary. <laughs> it's the scariest thing we've ever talked about on this podcast, honestly. <laughs> I'm horrified. Uh, yeah. but uh but yeah, so that's what I did with my time. I'm glad you enjoyed the song on it because it's something that I think me and Dan want to do a video for at some point. Yeah, that would be so cool. Um, but yeah, I've been doing that. You can do uh fight for your friends too if you want your music a little sadder. And uh eventually I'll be doing comedy in North Jersey, hopefully, maybe. Probably not. Yeah. That's the name of the record. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Uh, we're not doing plugs right now. I just wanted you to talk about music because we were talking. I could talk music. about Scott all day. I'm. Yeah, I'm, I could too. I. No, Alyssa, your your mouth is wide open. You She's have stopping to say. us. She's stopping no, us. No, I was gonna say I had this thing that I uh, suggested to Sam that I can't remember exactly what it was now, but it was like a ska version of a country song or a country version of a ska song, and I can't remember what it was now. But we had you and I had talked when I was on Feel yeah, Feelings the Alex about Mountain guy from the, yeah, from but YouTube. we had also talked about um, how if you have DistroKid, you can pay the extra fee and do yeah. covers. And I wrote I wrote it down somewhere. I have to, can't remember, but I'm very into the idea of taking something in a genre that doesn't traditionally belong and just like blowing it up. There's a guy I follow on TikTok who's the Asian country singer. He's Ooh. great. And so it's just like so unexpected to see like, I don't know, this man singing country songs and then it like pans over and it's like yeah. this Asian dude. So great. it's great. I uh, I just got a jacket in the mail today. It's like a denim jacket, same color as this one, but on the back has a screen printed picture of like a bucking Bronco with the sunset in the background. And I'm very excited about it, but I have to shrink it in the wash because it's a little big. Uh, but I love, I it's it's weird because like I I've I've learned to love country music as much as I love ska and I love ska mm-hmm. and I love the fact that like ska is having a moment and we are probably a year or two away and people say this every summer it's like we're gonna have another summer of ska oh. but like it's heating up to where it's like it's getting to a point where people just need like fun goofy music yeah. um there's a really great ska band uh called uh we are the union whose singer just came out as trans and is now living as a trans woman. And I've followed their career for forever. And this record came out as a surprise. She came out as like, as the record was coming out and the whole record's about that. And it's fantastic. Uh, There's so much like good new ska coming out where I've for years have been like, man, like I like Streetlight Manifesto. Meanwhile, like listening to all this other ska music that I can't let people know about. And I've reached a point in my life where it's like, fuck it. No, this is like, fun and i'm so tired of people being upset about ska music when it's genuinely enjoyable it's so fun do would you say if we have another wave this would be the fourth wave right this would technically be the fourth wave yeah okay so was the third wave of ska like the whole era in like the late 90s 
Yes. Or was it like, okay. So, I'm trying to remember like economically, like it was, it, it was pre nine 11. So, cause I would say like, okay, it makes sense if it was post nine 11, we might be like amped like for that. So I'm just wondering what, what other things need to be in place for. Well, I can tell you what killed it each time. Oh, okay. Uh, the first wave of ska is like ska from Jamaica. It outdates reggae. Reggae yeah. comes from ska. Ska does mm-hmm. not come from reggae. After that, people immigrated from Jamaica to England, and that's what gave us two-tone. Mm-hmm. And two-tone is the specials, um, madness, stuff like that, the 80s stuff. Mm-hmm. And then through just a natural progression, those bands wanted to do something a little less repetitive. It was still dark. Like the specials are a dark band, I would say. Mm-hmm. They got like that kind of haunting ghost town vibe. And they just kind of went on to do other things like the moment pass. It's the same thing that what happens with uh, like a couple years ago, everyone had a band with a banjo in it. And it's just like, we got tired of hearing banjos. <laughs> the third wave of Sky is interesting because I feel like it started getting a lot more emotional to where it is now, where like a lot of uh, by POC people are doing ska music out there and like non by like, it's a really like a, it's a genre for, um, that group of people because it's it's being dominant like it's the same thing with emo music where like emo music today is not just skinny white boys playing music anymore it's really like becoming more of a welcoming and inclusive genre same mm-hmm. thing with ska which started in jamaica so it should have always been exclusive it's just the 90s had just that uh orange county southern california thing cornered where it was just like a bunch of surfer dude white boys and those yeah. were the bands that got popular goldfinger got mm-hmm. popular real big fish mm-hmm. got popular streetlight streetlight <laughs> streetlight was like was a, jersey it's jersey and it happened a little later so they were like mm-hmm. on the thing but that's what i was talking about where like it started to get a lot more clever and a lot more emotional and a lot mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. musical where mm-hmm. it's like almost a jazz band sure at, at a certain point um the only reason that's why what i think of streetlight as as a jazz band yeah. that's like in my mind the box they're, they they're a lot more like jazzy than they are like a real big fish you know i think it depends on is... i mean this is a little bit like dumb but like i think it depends on the album true yeah i they only know like less... the main like things that they were like on like talk shows and stuff for performing yeah mm-hmm. like i mean the Keysby Knights being a cash 22 record it was riding that third wave scott thing mm-hmm. and then when he mm-hmm. redid it um as a streetlight album because it was all his songs and then when he left catch 22 he was just like no these are my songs you can't play this anymore <laughs> yeah they had a lot of beef uh which is fun i love a ska band with i beef. do love beef as well um but uh the reason why the third wave died was because it got roped in with the swing era so as soon huh. as like yep. uh squirrel nut zippers and uh brian Setzer orchestra started getting mocked they were like yeah and this shit too and that's mm. what ended the third wave of Scars because there was like a negative signpost that it hit and fell over. That sucks. Yeah. But then Streetlight came out and we're like, okay, we can get used to this. And there was these underground rumblings. And then they mixed it with like Easy Core, which is how We Are the Union started. And now it's like this really colorful, beautiful genre of, of different stories and different ideas coming together uh, that isn't just like, she has a girlfriend now. Funny song about lesbians. Uh, mm-hmm. to being like, no, no, I feel like a lot of emotions in a lot of ways. And yeah, there's a trumpet going doot doot in the background, but it is a lot more than that. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. There's a book that just came out called In Defense of Ska, 
uh that i've pre-ordered but it hasn't come in yet and it's just the entire history of it and i'm very excited to like that's dive awesome. deep on it yeah yeah that's it's great because the cover is someone who a graffitied ska sucks and then someone x'd it out with yellow and it's just in defense of ska that's really funny <laughs> but, uh but uh Sweet. yeah how are we doing how are we doing on time should we yeah let's do plugs okay now, George, tell now, us okay. where. Dan, roll the clip of me talking plugs at the end of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter uh, under at B R O O D U R M I N. It's my last name spelled phonetically. Uh, so people can stop mispronouncing it at Mike's. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, George Brunderman is not my name. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can check out my music at Fight for Your Friends or Say Who and the What Now. Uh, you can check out uh, my girlfriend, Casey, who's been on the show before. She came out with an amazing EP recently that I got to do a ton of work on, which is a lot of fun. And uh, check out Feel Feelings with Danny and George. Yeah, Dan, roll a clip. Check it out. Yeah, you can roll a clip here if you have anything fun, I guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's mostly, it's no. mostly, I was going to make fun of Dan. I won't make fun of Dan. Listen to Feel Feelings. I listen every single Monday. Friday. No, it oh. changed. It yeah. was Friday. It was Friday. We switched Monday. to Monday and now it's fake album Friday. So we moved fake album Monday to fake album Friday, oh. uh, which is annoying because he was like, yeah, it sounds better. And I was like, it could have been feel feelings Friday for a whole year before we switched this yeah. over. And we just never thought about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fun. It's very fun and it's very chill. And if you need a break from, you know gross murder podcast it's a nice way to kind of i love your guys's gross murder gives, podcast it gives some great. levity we uh, love true crime gross murder podcast but you do need a break especially when you go me, for yeah. a bigfoot and then you find a cartel a cartel yeah look how we yeah. brought it back guys well done. we're like professional <laughs> podcasters huh <laughs> meg where can people find you uh, you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at Meg gets money get spelt G-O-E-T-Z. And go to Real Chills' TikTok and just in- engage it, please. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love your guys' TikTok. Oh, I'm in, I'm in the room with my Barbie dolls. Do you want to see them? Yeah. Yes. Let's see the X-Files Barbie dolls. A thousand percent. My Barbie dolls. Oh, I love them. <laughs> they look dolls. so funny. It's I love not, that they're... It's not Scully and Mulder. It is Barbie and Ken as Scully and Mulder. So I'm so jealous. So awesome. That's so much. That's amazing. At a church sale. I don't know why the church had X-Files stuff, but. I mean, <laughs> you got to so make funny. money when you cleanse your demons. That is true. <laughs> you can find me at Alyssa Truss on Instagram and you can find me at Variegated Reticulated on Instagram if you want to see all of my lizards and a new project that I think I'm starting. We'll find out uh, <laughs> for lizards. So lizard yeah. project. Yeah, lizard yeah. project. Cool. Well, thanks, well, George. Thanks, George. Thank you yeah. guys so much for having me. I'm sorry it was a little wandery, but it was. It's no, always fun to talk really weird fun. shit with people because no, I don't get to do best. it often. I do. I do work with a girl at IKEA that uh, just we really don't talk that much. And then the other day, she was like, "Hey, George." is the bottom of the ocean real? And then just started launching into wow. hollow earth theory. And I was like, oh, you're my new favorite person to talk to. That's an aggressive opening. <laughs> oh, man. All right, but bye everybody. Thank you guys, bye. <laughs> bye. Real Chills is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Chaskowski. The show is edited by Dan Getz, theme music by Sam Williamson, and artwork by Buffy the Design Slayer. Subscribe where you get podcasts and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Real Chills Podcast. Slide into those DMs with your true scary stories.
Real Chills Podcast is a member of the Wasted Robot Network. This has been a presentation of the Wasted Robot Network. For more information on this and other podcasts, visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Wasted Robot Records.